Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Podcast, where we talk all things well-being, personal development, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. Hey, everyone. Happy Friday. It is Friday as I'm recording this, but it's the Friday before you're hearing it because I'm trying to get my content all ready for next week. I shared about this last week, but I'm going to a Joe Dispenza retreat next week, all by my lonely own. So I'm very excited about that. I'm excited for the retreat. I'm excited to travel by myself. I'm excited to get out of the Texas heat. And yeah, I'm trying to get everything prepped so that I don't need to think about work while I'm there. This is actually going to be the first time I'm completely unplugging from work since maybe starting my business. And I don't say that as a flex. It's just the first time I'm literally doing this. So it's going to be exciting and I'm looking forward to it. Today on the podcast, we're going to break down why we don't follow through and how to change that and also build structure for ourselves. This is based on requests from folks that have gotten on my email list where I invite you to write in something that you're struggling about. And if it's universal enough that I think will be useful for everybody in the community, then I will create a whole topic around it. So that's what we're talking about today because it is quite universal for all of us ADHDers. We all struggle with this. And I think it's a beautiful topic to discuss in terms of the framework that I shared last week. If you didn't hear last week's podcast yet, I talked about a framework that I'm developing for ADHDers to become more self-aware of how your brain works, design for perhaps your executive dysfunctions, and manage your energy. And when it comes to something like follow-through, it's a perfect example to think about that. In terms of self-awareness, asking yourself, what is it that I don't follow through on regularly? Or what is something that's really important that I'm not following through on? And then getting curious about why you're not following through on it. It's either you can't initiate the task or you initiate the task, but you stop short of completing it. And getting really curious about what's happening in that moment. Is it because the task is not clear or that it's missing certain pieces, there's some ambiguity, you're not sure how to do it, or is there some sort of a negative emotion attached around it, like shame or fear? Getting curious by taking one specific task and asking yourself those questions, it's going to build your self-awareness. And once you have that self-awareness, then you're in a position where you can start designing solutions, whether that's creating structure or reminders, or accountability, or finding the right person to help you with something if you don't know how to follow through on it yourself, or getting clarity on the project, whatever it is that's holding you back, now you're in a position where you can design a solution. And then the third step of that energy management is where you're implementing that design change and seeing if it works for you, seeing if it helps you or hinders you, whether it gives you energy or depletes your energy, whatever the example is. I love the simplicity of this framework to help really guide your thinking so that you can start self-coaching yourself into an easier way of living based on the way your brain works, what works for you in your environment and the choices you make, and how it aligns with your personal energy. We're all so very different that it's really hard to give anybody a prescriptive way of doing things, but a framework to help you think about it yourself is a lot more powerful. So I hope that the framework is helpful and I hope that this week's episode is helpful. So on that note, I'm going to roll to the show. Have a great week and I will see you next Friday. Ciao for now. It doesn't matter if it's an entrepreneur or somebody with a corporate job or a stay-at-home mom or somebody in their 70s who's retired but still can't get a thing done. 
focus and follow through is really hard for ADHDers. And as we know, executive function can be a little bit tricky for us. But more often than not, when my clients come to me and say, I can't focus on anything, I can't follow through on anything, what's the matter with me? There's more to it than that. And the number one thing that I find across the board is that we sign ourselves up for so many things to focus on that there's no possible way, even if we had the most stellar executive function in the world, that we would be able to focus on all of it because the human brain is not designed to focus on all the things at all the time. But herein lies the problem. Because we have really fast brains, very often we don't slow down long enough to really pay attention to the things that we're picking up. We also have interest-driven brains, so everything in our surroundings are fascinating to us. So we pick it up and all of a sudden it's the latest thing we bought or a new hobby, or maybe we're ready to blow up our careers and make this our new life calling. I know you know what I'm talking about on this one. So what do we do with this extreme shiny object syndrome and our inability to slow down long enough to really think about whether or not we can follow through on the things that we commit to. Part of it is being aware that that's what's going on. And I hope I've just enlightened you to the idea that maybe you're picking up too many things to focus on. The next thing is to get super clear on what's important and what's not and write it down. Why is that important? Because number one, prioritization is an executive function and sometimes we struggle to do that. Everything feels important and urgent, all the time. But obviously that's not true because if everything is important and urgent, then nothing is important and urgent. And although we know that intellectually, it's hard for us to prioritize in our brains. So sometimes we need external help to help us prioritize, whether it's somebody asking us really skillful questions like a coach or a therapist, or maybe it's journaling and really getting clear what's most important, why it's most important, and what's not important. And why do I want you to write it down? Because working memory is another one of those tricky things for us. So we can decide what's important and what's not important, but we will forget about it the next day if we don't write it down. And then in terms of follow through, there's a few reasons why this happens. And I've talked about it before, but very often ADHDers will get to about 80% completion on a project and then just drop it like a hot potato and go on. And there's a lot of reasons why that is. Sometimes we just lose interest and get tired of it. Sometimes the last 20% of a project are the pieces that are unclear or we don't know what to do next. So we just kind of leave them undone. Or sometimes the next shiny object has come along and just distracted our attention. So how do we move away from from this. As you start to build that muscle of being present when you're presented with something of interest and asking yourself, is this something that I have the time, energy, and resources to focus on or not? That is going to help you down the line when it comes to follow through because you will have less things in your sphere of attention to actually focus on. So less things to focus on, more probability of actually following through. The other thing, about being intentional around what you focus on and what you don't focus on is asking yourself in the moment when you commit to it is what does done look like? What does success look like? How long and for how much do I actually want to put my focused attention on this thing? Because here's the thing. Imagine we have a basket that our brain is in and our focus is only this big. If we keep randomly putting more and more things in this basket of focus, then eventually it's going to start spilling out all over the place, right? So number one, there's no way that you can follow through on all of the things that are spilling out of this basket. But the other thing is that if we haven't decided what done looks like, what success looks like, and when we can stop focusing on something, we'll just continue to keep it in that basket and assume that it's not complete. It's not that we're not necessarily following through on something. It's that we're done with it. And it's time to take it out of that basket of focus and archive it somewhere because it's done. So 
No shame required. You are just complete with said thing. And the last thing I want to address is structure because a lot of my clients get stuck here. And to be honest, I get stuck here too all the time. When we think about structure, it can mean different things to different people. To me, structure means knowing what I'm going to do every day because I'm an entrepreneur with a very self-directed schedule. So it's up to me to determine all the activities I do in a day in order to keep my business running and keep revenue coming in. For a mother of three, it might mean creating structure around the household so that there's some sense of predictability for both the kiddos and the parents. And that's a really important thing because when we have structure in place, then we don't need to keep all that stuff in our head, which is a lousy place to keep it in the first place. So for me, structure looks like scheduling, planning, and reviewing my schedule and plan. So I have a structure in place. Every Sunday, I set a plan for the week. And then every day of the week, when I sit down at my desk to work, one of my monitors has my Notion set up for the week right in front of me. So I know exactly what needs to get done on any given day. I've talked about this in other videos, but time blocking is another way to approach this, where you put things on your calendar and it's like from nine to 11, I'm going to do this. And then from 11 to two, I'm going to do that. That format doesn't work for me, but that could work for you depending on your brain and what feels most natural to you. So that's how I think about structure in terms of planning the week ahead. And then at the end of the week, looking back to see if I accomplished everything I wanted to do, what adjustments need to be made and what needs to get pulled over to the following week. Now, structure can also be things in our physical environment. My pills are always by my coffee maker because there's no way in heck I'm going to forget about coffee. My key stay in my purse and my purse stays in the laundry room because if I take it out of there, then I don't know where I put it. And it becomes a 10 minute woman hunt to find it every time I want to leave the house. So I have little systems set up all over my house to visually remind me of things. So thinking about your environment, where you set up your house or your workspace or even your purse or knapsack, is really gonna go a long way to helping you remember to do the things you need to do. We can also lean on technology in this regard in terms of setting up alarms and things like that until they become white noise, in which case you need to change them out again. The easiest way to think about structure is to consider your week and think about the things that have to happen. Like you have to show up at the office or you have to show up at a class on a certain day of a week and then perhaps start theming your week around those big commitments. So. I was recently working with a client who's going back to graduate school and that is her only responsibility. And she was a little concerned about setting up systems for success so that she wouldn't get derailed. So the first thing we did was looked at what she would be doing as a student and broke that down into three main areas. The first area was consuming things, whether it was a lecture or reading a book or looking at research or anything like that. That was going to be probably a third of her experience as a student. And then the second part was the dissemination of everything that she was collecting. So that was the learning part and making notes and structuring the things that she was taking in in a way that worked for her brain. And the third part we broke down was execution. And basically that's everything she would need to output as a graduate student. So her thesis and essays or assignments or anything like that, that had a deadline and that she had to work towards. So once we broke down what she was doing into those three main buckets, then we looked at how would we design her week in order to optimize for those three things. So in the consumption phase, obviously some of that would be her in lectures, but then we started looking at the right environment for her to take in information. So when she's reading books or research, does she have to do that in a space that's quiet or does she need white noise? Does she wanna be alone or does she wanna body double? So we looked at that process and considered what had worked for her in the past and she realized that when she was reading or taking things in, she needed ambient noise, so she was gonna start looking into body doubling and finding a study group. But when it comes to 
dissemination and execution of that material, she knew that she needed to be in a quiet place with absolutely no distraction in order to do deep work. So once she knew that about herself, she was able to start building structure into her schedule and the best way for her to excel as a student. Now, obviously that's a very specific case and not all of us are going back to graduate school, but the takeaway there is to think about your week and the non-negotiables that you have and start to get thoughtful about how you can build structure around it. When do you need to be at your best? When do you need the most amount of focus? When can you kind of dial things in? What kind of environments do you need for deep work? Or when it comes to things that don't require a lot of cognitive energy, like folding laundry or vacuuming the floor, when is the best time for you to do those things? And what can you pair it with, like either an interesting show or a compelling podcast in order to make the experience a little bit more enjoyable? And the last thing I would say about building structure, which also comes back to focus and follow through, is it something that you need to do? Or is it something you could delegate? or delete. And if it is something that you need to do or participate in, like let's say taxes, what kind of resources do you have or do you need in order to support you through that process? And very often it can just be a body double, someone to sit there and be present as you work through whatever it is you need to do. Or sometimes it's a companion or sometimes you save up some money and pay somebody else to do it because that is what's going to save you a lot of time, energy, and grief. So that's what I got for you today. A little mishmash of insights. I hope there was some takeaways there for you. On that note, guys, thanks for listening. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.